0: Hello, this is uh, Bhupender Singh. I'm back here with another talk, and this is Giving Gracefully. I choose my topics based on the conversations I hear on the wisdom talk. And I heard someone the other day talking about giving. So let's look at what does giving really means? And my goal here is to keep this talk short, uh, maybe uh, 30 minutes to 45 minutes. And also, I would like to have a guest, at least one, to join at some point or whenever you feel comfortable to give your understanding of giving or ask me questions in regard to the concept of giving, I'm going to share with you. For me, based on my experience and also indirect experience of other people, the key enabler to be a giver is to first give to myself. A lot of time, we are not able to give to ourselves. If I'm coming from a place of lack, then my giving will come with conditions. So, to be a giver, we start off with self-love. And self-love is not being selfish. You have to take care of yourself physically, also mentally, and financially. Physically means you should have clean, hygienic, nourishing food for your physical body. You should be exercising on a regular basis to keep yourself active. Financially means your needs are met. You have enough for your essentials. And I'm using the word essential means non-essentials which are bells and whistles are the stuff we do to show to others how well we are doing. For example, I need a car to take me from point A to point B. That is essential. But now I want a car which is $100,000 or beyond my financial uh, reach that is a non-essential financially being well means my needs are met self-love self-care giving to myself it all starts with that and this is not being selfish and once we understand self-love is not being selfish The second thing we need to understand, giving is not a currency. Giving is not a measure for love. Giving should be our natural state of being. And that is only possible when we love ourselves, we have nourished ourselves before helping someone We need to help ourselves. And that creates a space of giving within us, where giving does not feel like I will have less of this. Rather, giving creates space within us to receive more. Three, giving is not expecting something back in return and that's where it becomes a currency. Because we have some conditions, some expectations associated with what we're giving to someone. And giving could be of our physical things, like providing food to someone, providing clothing to someone. I will focus on giving as supporting someone through a situation, being there for them, being that shoulder, helping them through the storm, helping them through the process. Where we get caught up in giving is our giving most of the time is with expectations, where we have turned giving into a currency. giving. Where they will install my statue and then I will be a known person that's an expectation and when we are giving with expectation we are bound or we are actually planting seeds of disappointment because we don't know if the other person will be able to give us back the way we expect how much we expect in the given frame of time and why we give with expectation is because you have a sense of ownership we think this belongs to me this is mine and at the top or the beginning of this talk i mentioned until i do not know who i am who i am my possessions will possess me, and when my possessions possess me, when my possessions define me, I will have the sense of ownership. And this is where we fall. The sense of ownership is when we are in this world, I, I, I call this world a hotel, a place that I'm visiting. In this physical body, I'm here for the time being in this physical body. So this is a place where I own, don't own anything. I have something that I can use for the time being. Yeah, of course I provided, I I paid for it. But if I step back, where did I, where did I get the capability? to be able to read, see, sense, all the capabilities in my body, where did they come from? Did I pay for them? Or they were just by default given to me? At least I can say, I know for sure they were given to me. And whoever that giver is, never asked for anything in return. So it means through my physical body and through my ability to be creative, whatever I own really doesn't belong to me. I have it for the time being. The house I live in, I have it for the time being. Someone else used to live in this house and when my physical body goes away or I leave this physical body, there will be a new owner. The money I have today, I, I will not have it tomorrow. It will be passed on. The money I earned today or is in my bank was with someone else. But this false sense of ownership creates an attachment where the intent of giving comes are bound with an expectation. So when we giving from this place, I call it our self-centered self, our smaller, smaller self, which is tangled in desires and expectations, which is tangled in using giving as a currency. And we have to move beyond it. And that only is possible when we are selfish. When we know what self-love is. Until then, we're giving with a reason. And giving with a reason is not service. It's a transaction. And that turns our relationships into transaction. And this is one of the issues we have right now with how we treat giving. And I do have a guest here, Amir. So I'm going to let him in. And after he's done, I will talk about giving without expectations. Uh, so, Amir, welcome um, uh, to be a guest here. So, I appreciate you joining, and please do share um, what's on your mind about giving here.
1: Yeah, I just no, I just I, I like what you're talking about. It kind of echoes what you were saying in the last conversation we had on my channel. It reminds me of this conversation of attachment, um, and when you were talking about like how a house, this this home, was only mine when I moved into it, and it was someone else's before it was mine. It kind of like like reminded me of when you mentioned attachment, which is why I hopped here in the in the chat, mm-hmm. and how um, it seems like it seems like I, I would. I'm curious to pick your brain. Do you think that that these expectations that we place on giving come from that 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 those t-shirts
0: or the attachments that you were talking about when we spoke yes amir so this is my understanding uh uh, that i i said at the beginning of the talk unless i don't know who i am i'm going to fall into this trap where giving becomes a transaction Mm. and i have to go find who i am I, i don't know if you heard me talk i said if I say I have X amount of money in my bank or I have X amount of assets, I go ask where these assets came from. Uh, my answer will be I earned them. Then I will ask myself what made me capable to have all these abilities to read, to see, to learn, and all that. My parents didn't give it to me. By mm. default, there is a giver. I received it. And this giver has ne- never asked anything for it. Uh, for return so essentially my all my qualities were given to me all this creativity my physical body is is a miracle where i eat food and in a few hours it transforms into my blood flesh it provides me energy so there's something phenomenal happening here and if i understand that then that sense of ownership will boil away i have been given something and from this i'm supposed to create something through mm. me, it's being created. But mm. when I forget my roots, my essence—now the sense of ownership jumps in. So, a little background there, uh, just elaborating on the point.
1: Yeah, that, that that's really cool. And so, kind of what you're making me think right now is: it seems like that is it. Is it safe to say? And correct me if I'm wrong in your perspective, but is could giving be a meditation of letting go of attachment and realizing? That ownership is an illusion, right? Like we don't, we don't really own things. Am I
0: stretching, uh, what you're saying? If I, if I none, not at all. You know, when you said that about meditating on letting go, I had goosebumps. That is actually the turning point, what you just said there. And in fact, what I describe is a meditation. Wow. Isn't it? When, when we sit down, and we try to understand ourselves. Let's call it reverse engineering, right? Mm-hmm. What is my physical body? Simple, fundamental question. Where mm-hmm. did this physical body come from? It was a tiny cell. At what point? One point, right? Right. And it's a miracle when human. Bo- when you put a uh, food in human body, it turns into human flesh. When you, when you put that food in a dog's body, that turns into a dog's skin, totally different, but the input is same. So there is some intelligence in our bodies. This is an amazing phenomenon that's happening. And it is the meditation and someone who can walk back. This is called going inwards. And we will find something greater. We have not imagined. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it kind of kind of what you were saying is like when I give um, and and this is just what I'm like, I'm sitting and reflecting on as I'm listening Mm -hmm. to what you're saying. But it's like when I give, I'm I'm almost receiving in the sense that as I give, it is helping me to clear or see that nothing really belongs to me. Yeah. And that's just it's just very it's a very beautiful And it goes back to what, I don't know, to me it makes full circle because it says that, um, right, it goes back to what you were saying. You cannot give unless unless you first give to yourself. That's right. And I think in the truest, from what I'm understanding, the truest uh, nature of what you're saying about giving, if I am giving outwardly to other people, it should not be distinguishable
0: from me giving to myself. That's right. Say if I, I, if I don't respect myself, how can respect Amir? Right? Mm. And then say I respect Amir, then I should not consider that Amir should have this particular attitude towards me. Now that's an expectation. Amir could be at a different place. His way of respecting could be totally different mm. than my perception. Right? Right. And then I will disrespect Amir because he did not reciprocate. Then I'm saying, I gave you something. I'm taking it back because I don't have enough of it. I need to give it to someone else. Hmm. Right? Right. (laughs) And I use Amir. I was going to talk about the second side of giving without expectation. Mm -hmm. And I call nature the temple of wisdom. Wow. Wow. It's very profound. For example, look at the sun, right? Mm -hmm. It gives us light every day to everyone. No discrimination, no judgment. No Sundays, no nothing. Look at the flower. It gives fragrance. It's not discriminating, depending who this person is, rich or poor, saintly or a sinner. It just does it. Isn't that giving? Very... And the rain doesn't discriminate where it falls. Yeah. But we humans, somehow we have come to this unnatural state of our being where we expect something in return. So giving back to myself is returning to my natural state of being. Mm. Like we are are having this conversation, right? Mm -hmm. This is also giving. We are exchanging something very beautiful. Absolutely so, so that's what I was saying, the two types of giving. One of the tangible things we all understand. Mm-hmm. But the bigger part is this intangible being there for someone who knows what kind of day someone else is having here who is listening. Who knows is going to inspire them to feel better, right? Yeah. Who- your words the way you ask i really love it really helped me last time that's giving because when you asking these questions like a child it's it's giving you are helping me think and go deeper
1: yeah yeah and so i i agree i i get i get exactly what you mean by this this intangible giving like i don't i don't have to give you money to be giving to you uh, me Giving you my time or my effort, right? Um, And so, what what I'm thinking of as I'm talking is, if I give with expectation, I think it puts this separation between me and you. That's what I. Mm -hmm. That's the next thing that, like, as I'm, I'm, you know, I just keep hearing things like as we continue to have this conversation that take me to the next step of like, okay, well, I'm seeing this now. And so, right now, it's just like, if I give. And and I'm expecting something in return. I'm not really seeing the person in front of me. I'm seeing what I want to receive, and I'm I'm not acknowledging or giving to them freely. And it, and it creates this separation. There is not them. It's only what I want or what I think belongs to me or I should return get back.
0: Correct, and that's what I call the self-centered self, our unnatural state of being. So in our unnatural
1: state of being, so do you, do you think that the unnatural state of being um, that, that you're talking about, does it tie back into like believing that you are the shirt? Like I, I put on the shirt and I
0: think this is me. And yes. do you think that it participates in that? Absolutely. That's identifying myself with my possession. <clears throat> now the possession is actually possessing me. Because if the possession changes, it hurts me. My money, my stock depreciates today. I'm having a bad day. Mm. So we got to be careful. It's good to have possessions. We need them. Those are our needs. But they should not possess us. They should not define us. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Well, I have
1: 10 seconds left. I just was, um, I was excited to participate in the conversation. I really enjoy this dialogue we, we've had back and forth.
0: Th- thanks a lot, Amir, for joining here, in here. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And those who are listening, please go follow Amir. He taught me a few things and he has some uh, great insights. And I like the way he, he, he listens and then he's able to help, uh, dig deeper. And Amir, you're more than welcome to join, uh, back if, if you like to, but I'm just going to pick up on where you left because the first part of the talk was more focused on this, what I call the non-default state, which is giving with expectations. And let me elaborate on um, what Amir mentioned about the shirt. Uh, We had a dialogue in the past. uh, So the shirt, um, so that's just an example. If I'm wearing a shirt and I've been wearing it for so long that I don't even remember and I have forgotten that I'm wearing a shirt, I start thinking I am the shirt. So that means Whatever happens to the shirt is happening to me. Means whatever is happening to my assets. It could be my financial assets. It could be my physical well-being or my physical body. And in that moment, when I think I am the shirt, I am the possessions. The possessions will start possessing me. And it's very natural for someone to exploit me it's very natural for someone to very easily push my buttons for example my body is meant to age with time it's a natural phenomenon and i have a certain skin color i have a certain height in a way i'm unique different than other people and physically, we are all different. And someone could come to me and say, Bupender, Oh, you are short or you are tall. And there will be a reaction from my side because the person is actually talking about my shirt, not about me. Because I don't know that I'm not this shirt. Instead of responding, I'm reacting. Because my possession is possessing me. And that's why I keep stressing, I actually have a talk called Importance of Self-Discovery. If I don't know who I am, then people will tell me who I am and everyone will look at this shirt from their own perspective. For example, I'm also a father, so I call that father also a shirt, one of my identities. And my shirt um, of being a father my identity of being a father will be different than other people's shirt or identity of being a father and if someone comes to me and says Bupender is uh, uh, a bad father or not a good father There is two way I, w- I will deal with it if I know this being a father is an identity is a shirt and this person is talking about my shirt. I won't react. I will rather take their feedback, process it, and there could be something good in there, or it could be their judgment. I will make the changes to enhance, to make my shirt better, to be a better father. But if by default I'm reacting means I don't know who I am. I'm not this shirt, I'm not these possessions. Circle these words. And this is actually a journey. We all have to take on. This is called going inwards as I was describing. Let's look at our physical bodies. Let's understand where this body came from. Where all these amazing capabilities we have are we being been provided in the form of physical body What is the source for that? Let's ask ourselves, isn't this a miracle happening all the time? We can talk. We can hear. We can eat. We can digest. The food is transforming into blood, nourishing us internally. So much is happening within this physical body. Do we even pay attention to it? This is a step towards. Self-love, this is a step towards being selfish in a good way. Making yourself the best you can be by knowing yourself. And once you take on this journey, now I'm going to talk about the giving without expectations. Once you know who you are, and I can tell you who you are, but that means I'm telling someone sitting in Michigan, what Tokyo looks like. We all have to take this journey. We can inspire each other. We can provide each other the maps. All the wisdom that you receive is a map, is a pointer. Don't grab onto the pointer. It's pointing to something greater. Each one of us have to take that journey to come to a place, which I call our natural state of being where the sense of ownership dissolves. Can you imagine not being possessed by anything? Can you imagine being fearless? Can you imagine being, feeling safe? I'm not talking physically. We have to take precautions. Where are we going? And in what, which situation we're we heading? Otherwise, because we feel lack of so many things in our life. What will happen to me if I don't have any money? What will happen to me if I don't have a job? What will happen to me if this person who I rely on a lot dies? So many reasons we feel unsafe and insecure. And money cannot help you here because it's your thought. And until you do not discover, which I call self-realization. Self-realization is the real God. Knowing who you are is real God. That place you will feel safe and secure because you will come to the realization that you are not what you've been told you are. You're not this physical body, this is a container. And you don't have to go read a book to discover that. In this very moment, you can find that out. Like, uh, I'll use uh, a 30 second uh, example here. Right now I'm sitting in my house, I'm in a room, the room has windows and doors. And I know very clearly, Oh, these are the walls of this house, this is the roof, this is the window, and so on. And I and this house are two different entities, there is a gap. Why I know this? Because that's the level of my awareness. I do understand I am in this house and this window is not looking out. It is me who, when stands in that window, is looking outside. So when we use this example and I say, my eyes can see, in reality, when I stand behind these eyes, I can see. When I stand behind these ears, I can hear. How many times it has happened with you where someone is saying something to you and you don't hear it? Your ears were there, they're always open. That window is there, but you're not standing by the window. So what that means is, you are inside this body as awareness. And wherever you go, to whichever door or window, you are sensing through that. That's the way our senses work. Go experiment with this. You can do that right now. So you are in this physical body, but you move to different windows and doors as awareness. I'm going to leave it there. You can meditate upon this because it it is a cure for so many fears, just knowing that this is a house, I'm inside the house. And just like my physical house in this world, one I haven't lived in this house forever. I've been in this house for last 15 years. Prior to that, I was in a different house. So it's very clear that I can exist without this house. This is very powerful what I'm saying. But you have to comprehend it, contemplate it. And you will find out that one day you have to leave this house. You are in this house for the time being. And when we are possessed by our physical body, guess what happens? I was listening to someone speak. Don't quote me on this. There's about $12 billion spent on making this house look good. Means we are putting so much resources and efforts into our appearance, physical appearance. But we are forgetting we are more than this house. How we present ourselves. Right now, you cannot see my physical body. But you still have a sense who Bhupendra is. How are you seeing me? So I am collection of these thoughts. This is real me. You are actually seeing me, but in a very different dimension, non-tangible dimension. I'm actually these thoughts. I'm presenting myself to you in form of these thoughts. These thoughts is actually my mind. You are seeing my mind, you are able to sense my mind, isn't it? I am with you, and you guys are with me. But we are stuck in the fundamental dimension of our physical existence, which I call tip of the iceberg of our existence. We have to go inwards to find who we are. And once we discover who we are, something else begins giving without expectations there is no sense of ownership my possessions are not possessing me and it's a key point I keep making because a lot of people shun the material world thinking spirituality means not having material possessions now spirituality means having material possessions having assets. But they should not possess you. They should not define you. They are for your usage. For example, I call money, when money does not possess me, freedom. Freedom, it gives me choices. I can do things if I have money. But if money possesses me, now that's a disease. When the stock market goes down, I tell people, I'm having a bad day. Or when it goes up, I'm celebrating. I need to celebrate myself. So spirituality is not shunning material world. We need to have a holistic approach. These two are required. Our physical assets but not being attached to it is a real monk. I am. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who, who, who is minting money. He's a millionaire. And we were roommates in college. And we went our own ways. Um, and one day he's telling me about he wants to own a private jet. I'm like, go for it. And he goes, you are strange. I'm, I'm like, why? He said, you talk about uh, sort of spirituality and all those great things, but you are saying, go get that airplane. I say, yeah, what's wrong with that? But keep in mind, your airplane should not define you. Your private jet should not define you. Don't be possessed by it because one day you might not have it. It's going to cause you pain. Own it but maintain your state of being with or without it and you are my dear friend my favorite monk the mind should be monk not the physical body and we get trapped into physical appearance multitude of times we think when the physical body has a certain appearance certain attire that's a monk no the mind has to be a monk you could be wearing a tuxedo, and flying your private jet, and still be a monk. But there are not many of those. So what I'm trying to say is, don't try to run away. If you don't know how to swim, means if you have possessions, and they're drowning you, means you have to learn how not to be possessed by them by discovering yourself, Through self-realization. Once you get to that place. You will be giving without expectations. And there will be actually. A sense of gratitude when you give. Why? Because. It's the joy. Like the flower. That is fragrant. In the garden. It is. It is feels so nice to look at it, it is smiling as it is giving, which we call a blooming flower. So when we give without expectations from our selfless self, initially I talked about the self-centered self, now I'm talking about the selfless self, there is a sense of gratitude. Because it was not yours in the first place. This is a selfless place. This is a place of detachment. This is a place where our possessions are not possessing us. And in fact, giving without expectations feel like we are giving to make space to receive more. And when we give without expectations, it is our natural state of being. We are like that flower versus that perfume bottle. We all talk about love, and in it has a different meaning depending where you stand. Sometimes, when we stand at the, when we think we are the physical body, love has a different meaning. Versus when we think, when we know we are not the physical body, we are these thoughts. And when we exchange these thoughts filled with compassion, wisdom, gratitude, it is also love, but a totally different dimension of love. So what I'm trying to say is, we might use the same words, but depending where we're standing, as awareness, the meaning of the words change. And this was one reason there is conflict. So you have to be so aware, you have to understand where this person is right now. The only way to know that is if you know where you're standing. As awareness, are you this physical body? Or as awareness, you are more than this physical body. I only talked physical body and mind. But there is something beyond the mind also, going beyond the mind, which is our natural state of being. And when we give from this place of gratitude, is selfless self, it is a real charity. And most of this, if you look at what we call the Buddhas of this world. So again, Buddha is a word, the meaning of the word is the enlightened being, means a human who is a being, not a doer who has moved from their self-centered to the selfless self who have realized the true nature of their existence and that is our natural state and this learning really comes from understanding ourselves the learning comes from what i called the temple of wisdom this universe is a temple of wisdom there is something to learn from every person from every thing that is in this universe, these are all pointers. But when we don't have this understanding, so Buddha means a level of understanding, it's not a state, it's a level of understanding. Because the state can change, but our understanding does not change. Once I understand, true nature of my existence it is a permanent place i don't use the word state because the states can fluctuate so let's learn from nature from where we came the temple of wisdom so i use the example of the sun a flower earth They are our teachers, they are giving. There's a reason we call this planet Earth, Mother Earth. It's giving. Just for a moment, imagine where all the resources are coming from. They're coming from Mother Earth. The house I'm in, if I look at the raw material, the wood, Might be rubber, composite material, and then energy that we used to make this house, putting these stuff together. Everything, all the raw material came from the earth. We, as humans, transformed that raw material into usable, into something functional. And once we do that, somehow we say, this is mine now. But we are keep forgetting the source of all the resources is nature. In fact, my physical body came from nature. What is my physical body made of? The five fundamental elements. Did I pay for it? Am I paying for the sunlight I'm receiving every day? Am I paying for the air I'm breathing? No. It's being given to me. And that is actually our true nature of existence. We are born givers. In fact, we are conduits, not even a giver. That might be a better word. And through us, the creator, the nature is conducting itself. But when we move to our self-centered self, we have this illusion of ownership, and that's when we shrink, that's when we feel unsafe, that's when we feel insecure, that's when we feel lack, but when we move away to our selfless self, we are in a place of gratitude. We rather thank the person who is able to receive because you have given me the opportunity to be the giver. So just imagine, just meditate upon this. We all belong there. We are givers. And I don't want to keep talking further, but I do invite uh, at least, let's get one more guest. And as, as I, as I mentioned earlier at the start of the talk, I want to keep my talks short, simple, because there's a lot of information packed and I want to make sure that you're able to receive it. And that's where I request, uh, uh, guests to come up to ask me questions so we can unfold my words to bring about more clarity, to have a real dialogue, to receive, to give, because a giver is also a receiver. As I speak to you, I'm also receiving. I'm also growing. I'm also learning. So I'm grateful that you're listening to me. So it's a, it's a two-way street. Giving is not a one-way street, especially when we talk in this dimension of intangible. We are not exchanging any tangible items, but there's an exchange happening right now, right here. And I'm not feeling any lack here. In fact, I'm feeling gratitude. It's an opportunity that we all are here. So with that said, I'm going to wait for a few moments. Otherwise, I will close this talk at this point and return uh, back pretty soon. So I'll be putting this on my Twitter. Uh, you guys can follow it there. I'm also turning some of these talks into podcasts. And these talks are also available in form of podcast. The link is here in my profile here. And I'm also here uh, uh, for any kind of service that you would need. If you cannot talk uh, uh, in an audience, you can always reach me uh, on 101 uh, uh, Conversations or more of coaching. So I'm all yours. Uh, with that said, thank you for listening. And have a good rest of the day or evening, wherever you are. And we will connect soon. Thank you so much.